Welcome to the Wizard's Respite Sanctorum, a place to discuss the world of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Ash uh, from the Wizard's Respite, and as always, I'm here with Zachariah of Old Man Gaming. Today, Zach has brought us a new game to deep dive into. Uh, Zach, what are we looking at? What do we got today? Ah, we are looking at Four Into Darkness. Uh, I'm sorry, Four Against Darkness, uh, which is a really fun game. Uh, came to me by way of a friend of mine uh, who just said I had to try this out. Uh, and uh, it's one of those things that uh, anybody who listens to the gaming side of my channel knows that I love procedural generation of video games. I also, if you listen to the TTRPG side, I'm starting to really love the, the procedural generation in, in tabletop games. And uh, this game is like a master class in how to procedurally generate a game for yourself, personally. But, uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. Super excited, Wiz. Super excited. Yeah. Um, I read this thing uh, when you told me about it last week. Um, I actually uh, really, really dug it quite a bit as well. Um, I think it has really simple, interesting mechanics that I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to exploring uh, deeper and and really getting sinking sinking my teeth into it. Yeah. Um, so this one has a special place in my heart too. Uh, we kind of talked about it in our last episode yeah, with the Hero Kids um, yeah. when we were kind of talking about gaming. Um, this is as of today. Other than my own game for a few minutes, uh, the only game that I've actually gotten Stella to play multiple sittings of with me, uh, Stella being my seven-year-old daughter. Uh, so this this just has a special place in my heart because of that, because I've spent a couple hours at the dining room table on a Saturday morning um, questing with her, and that was just uh, really fun and exciting um, for her to be into something that I'm into for a change. Uh, is is nice. It's nice. Uh, that's, that's really that is really cool. That's really nice. And um, if I remember right, you were saying uh, one of the reasons why was because you guys were, could kind of be on the same side a bit. So, okay. Well, let's get into the game a little bit before we get into that because okay. the, the game itself, as we've said, it, like there is no. It's technically meant to be a one-player solitaire dungeon diving pen and paper experience. Basically, right. what you do is you get yourself a notebook of graph paper. You get yourself a notebook to write down notes. You make a party, uh, which is relatively simple and easy, of four. It's got to be exactly four. And then you're going into a dungeon. And then basically, you as you go through it, you roll dice to procedurally generate what the dungeon looks like. So, like, you'll roll, and then there'll be a picture of what your roll matches up to, and then that's the room you draw out on the graph paper, uh, and then you roll to find out what's in it, and you roll to find out who's in it, and you roll to find out what's going on inside that room, and then you decide which way you're going to go from there, and then it procedurally generates another corridor or room for you. And uh, you move through the dungeon trying to find the boss and then escape the dungeon. Um, so that the reason I wanted to talk about that first is that's kind of the, the big thing with Stella was the games that I had tried before, she didn't like it when I was the bad guy. Uh, with this, uh, you're rolling dice to find out what's happening next. 
Uh, and you can very easily say, oh, oh, this is what's happening next. Uh, she also doesn't really understand character creation yet. Like, she doesn't want to be somebody else. She always just wants to be Stella. And she always wants to be the characters around her to be characters she knows. Uh, so we literally... Uh, in this game, you pick... So, you, like I said, you pick four classes. Uh, you pick four characters. The characters are warrior, cleric, rogue, wizard, barbarian, elf, dwarf, halfling. And you get to pick four of them. Uh, and then of those four, the only character creation is like you get a trait, which is like a special power that's indicative of that character. Uh, you get like starting weaponry, and then you get um, starting gold that you can spend to, for equipment that you take with you. Um, and so like <laughs> we had a, a cleric that was our dog, uh, Emmy. <laughs> she was a elf. Stella was an elf. I was a barbarian. And uh, I cannot, for the life of me, remember what her mom was. I think we made her mom a warrior or something like that. I can't remember. But it was it was the four of us. And so it was kind of interesting because she got to basically decide what everybody was doing like a leader, you know, almost. Yeah. Uh, and I still rolled for my character, which kind of made her feel like we were attached uh, and then I had her rolling for the, the dungeon rooms and all that. Uh, and she got really into that aspect of it. Uh, it was kind of like we were working through it together, even though I was kind of much more like a... Uh, I don't want to call it GM because the game was doing it itself, but more like a ref to it, kind of explaining it to her. Um, but, but yeah, so like then what you do is you just start rolling for rooms. Uh, and then the rooms can have everything in them. They can have features, events treasure, bad guys, the whole nine yards. You can even get side quests in the game. Like you can randomly meet somebody who's like, I need you to find this thing and bring it back to me. And you have to find the thing within the dungeon and bring it back to them. Um, I think this game, like I said, and it, it's all just done with rolling dice by yourself really quickly, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that is a, a awesome and adorable story, by the way. <laughs> um, I can really see how that, that would work great, uh, you know, with a kid. And almost, I would imagine it almost feels a little bit like a story time. It kind of reminds yes. me of when I was a kid, my dad and I would read um, Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah. Um, when I was, he was teaching me how to read, basically. Uh, kind of sound, sort of reminded me of that, spending time with my dad doing sort of a, a similar thing. Well, we actually started that. We started with Lone Wolf, the Lone Wolf books. I don't know. If oh, you know really? Those. Yeah. Uh, maybe something we could do on the podcast at some point. The Lone Wolf books are choose your own adventures, but they're role playing game choose your own adventures, basically, where you actually yeah. do make a character. Uh, so the idea behind it would be I would read this stuff to her and she would be making the choices and stuff. She hated it because it felt like I was the bad guy because I was reading everything that terrible that was happening to her uh, oh so, gotcha so that's actually one of the things we started with um but yeah this is very much like that i uh i love any game that you can play by yourself and i love any game that procedurally generates itself in a seamless way and this does like you can have a full story to it i mean one of the cool things yeah. too is you can even link your stuff to themselves because your characters level up 
uh, if they if they manage to survive through the dungeons. And the dungeons are hard. They're not easy. Like, your characters can very easily die. Uh, but if they live, th live through it, they can actually level up, uh, and then you can take them into other dungeons. Um, there's also, from what I understand, like additions to this game, which I, I haven't gotten into, where like you can have higher level stuff. And um, mm, yeah, right. Personally, the game seems very easy to mod, just from a from a, a, a standpoint of like it would be very easy to make a sci-fi version of this, where you're going through a ship, you know, or something like that. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think this game is really cool and 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 very easy. Well, and and that was one of the cool things. I got Stella to play it three times, and uh, when we would get to the end, when we get to the bad guy, she she started to have input on why we were there. You know, like oh, he's got a princess, so we've got to save. And then once we save the princess, what does the princess say to us? Oh, this is what the princess says. Why do we have to go fight this guy? Oh, this is... And that was something that was really cool is you got to see her creative side start to take over a little bit more. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's awesome. It was very fun. It was very fun. I'm hoping one day that she wants to do it again, to be honest. Yeah, I'm... Uh, that that that's a really awesome story. Uh, I hope so too for you guys. That's a that sounds like a lot of fun um, and a great way to to you know kind of dip your toe into to TTRBGs. I think is yeah. you know we kind of discussed this a lot uh, last um, on the the Hero Kids. It's you know fam with your family like yeah you know um, you learn this whole hobby from from your parents and then with your friends and right. it's just it's kind of you know spending time with people you care about and it's kind of one of the best parts about these games i mean yeah adventure is great but it's also being with people <laughs> yeah i totally agree i totally agree i you know i've talked about it a lot on this show specifically i think but i go out of my way to not force my kid into the nerdy stuff i do just because i i think that that's just as bad as forcing them to play a sport or something like let them figure out who they are on their own um but it's still really nice when she wants to do the nerdy stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's really nice. Especially with, like, there's a lot of things she gets into now that I'm not into. I can't follow her down that road. And even her, the way she games, like, she's very into video games right now, but the way she games is so different from what I do. She'll play Roblox, which is just, like, she'll play weird things where it's just, like, it's just a big open city and you create a character in it, and you can just go to the supermarket and pretend to be a, a clerk uh, for, for no reason. Like, you don't get money for it or anything. Like, there's no, like, goal. It's just, like, you're you're pretending to be things. And, it, like, for me, I'm like, okay, I, I can't I can't keep doing I don't. This feels like the biggest waste of time. I'm not accomplishing <laughs> anything. There's no online goal. Uh, so, so it drives me nuts. Uh, but yeah. what's funny is when I think about it, in some ways, it's a much more pure form of role playing than the stuff I do anyway, because I'm usually trying to acquire something, you know, or accomplish a goal. Right. She's like, no, I'm just going to pretend to be a baby for an hour, you know, like, oh, okay, all right, I can't <laughs> do that. And maybe you're a better role player than I am. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's actually, I, I had not heard of that game before. That's actually kind of interesting. It kind of reminds me a bit of, like, maybe playing house a bit or something. Yeah, yeah. it's um, very much like that. My my kid sister 
uh, when we were growing up, played house. Mm. She had dolls and stuff like that. Um, but I wanted to play superheroes. Right. Um, and the same kind of thing. I think maybe it's a boy-girl kind of thing. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, some. Uh, there's definitely some things are, some things aren't. But, like, at the same time, like, there's definitely times in role-playing games where I... I'm in a group right now where the game master hates fighting. He hates it. I, I, I found it out the other day. He's like, it always slows everything down, and then you got to do turns, and you got to do stats. He's like, I just like role playing. And he's like, the combat has to be there for it to be fun, but like, I just like the role playing. And we played, uh, we played this game. It's a homebrew game of his own creation. Um, it's kind of space explorey. Played for, I want to say, six hours the last session. And uh, not a blown was thrown. Uh, not a shot was fired. It was all just trying to figure shit out. And those games can sometimes be the absolute most fun, best games out there. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, so, like, I, on those but, games, I would say, like, uh, one of the great things that I found in, in those types of games is that you know, when you're in combat, there are certain things that you just do. You mm -hmm. you punch, you shoot, you throw your sword, or you're, you shoot an arrow, whatever it is you're doing. But in those other types of games, I mean, it, it just goes on forever. You could they, there's often mechanics where it's like self generation, like like this game where it just do anything, or yeah. um, it's really like kind of come up with it yourself, um, or or something or how you react to it could be in a billion different ways so it's almost like the sky's the limit on on games where where the focus isn't necessarily on a hyper mechanical um combat system or just a mechanical combat system i tend to like i tend to like uh striking a balance and that's that's the hardest because yeah. i like I like build systems. I like I like systems where you can be like, ooh, if I pair this perk with this perk, can I get a little mmm out of this? You know, I like that. But at the end of the day, you're not there for the stats. You're not there for the dice. Right. I, you know, I was I was playing with a relatively new player uh, a few sessions ago. Uh, the one group I'm in right now has just like all walks of life. We got the 40 year olds all the way down. This dude's I think he's like 20. I don't even think he's old enough to technically drink or whatever. Um, but, uh, but he, he was saying something about his stats and I was like, listen, man, stats don't matter. They don't matter. And it's like, what do you mean? We have old character sheet of it. I was like, yeah, you have to have a character sheet because if you didn't have a character sheet, none of this would have the weight of reality. Like you have to have the weight of reality. That's the numbers, but you're not here for the numbers. You're here to pretend to be this cowboy or pretend to be this vampire or pretend to be this hunter or whatever you know that's what you're here to do the numbers are a means to an end and that only mean is to make it feel real you know what i mean it's kind of a weird right. catch 22 but like with the systems i tend to like always venture with like how can we make it super simple and easy to learn quick to pick up but very complex to overall master so that like a player like, okay, I always use the three of us, and I know Phil Billy wants to do this show at some point, so we got to have him on at some point. But, but you know, Phil, you and me, I feel like we're all very different players. But, like, you look at a player like Phil, he's a great role player, not insulting his role playing at all, but he really likes that mathematical level. 
he likes that like how do I make my character and right. maximize that ability With, well within the story or backstory of his character I'm not calling yeah, him a yeah. power car- player at all because I know he listens to this he's be like hey no 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 not calling him a power <laughs> player at all he's a very good role player but like he likes yeah. that he likes to take those stats and put those together he likes to do builds honestly that's what he does for my video game channel was he? That's why we all call him the Buildmaster General. Is he used to make these builds for Borderlands, like out oh, of cool. the traits and abilities in the game that would just like give you insane damage ratios or basically break the game for you if you put them all in. Uh, so he likes that aspect, you know. Me, I tend to be more of the I don't give a shit what the rules are as long as the role playing and the game mastering is good. That that's what I want. I want to pretend to be somebody else for two hours. That's what I want. I want my escape. I want my power fantasy. I want it to feel good while I do that. I don't want to be bogged down by a ton of rules. I don't want to have four and a half hour combat sessions. You know what I mean? Like right. that kind of stuff. So yeah. like I feel like I feel like you gotta strike a balance there, right? You gotta make the yeah. si- the system easy, quick to pick up. You want to make it engaging for the build players, but at the same time, you want to make the role players happy too, and make it. You know what I mean? Like you got you got to yeah. strike that balance, and that's where I tend to tend to lay out, especially with my when I'm when I'm writing a game. I try and make it like how can I make it as simple as possible while still making it really complicated. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and which is uh, no easy feat to do, by the way. Yeah. I mean, like the they're they're. It, like you said, Catch-22, they're almost in, in direct mm-hmm. opposition to each other. It's definitely a balancing act between yes. the two. Um, and I, I actually, my, myself, um, I kind of find myself sort of falling in between the areas. I like yeah. modding. I kind of, I really do quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for me, story does come first. Like, if my character is against something I know mechanically would be advantageous for him, let's say he's a I don't know, a cleric, a religious type, and there's a denomic, like, sword. Um, my, the, my cleric's not picking that thing up. Right. You know, I don't care how many how many points he's going to, to pick up on that right. thing. Uh, it's just not his character. But at the same time, I also like looking at my character and trying to figure out how I can, you know, strengthen him or what direction right. he would go in and why that would be good for him, why he would evolve. Uh, and I think character arc is super important and one thing that is hard to get at a table sometimes yeah um but that's like not just leveling up but why did he take those perks or feats or skills you know yeah yeah um and and what has this changed about his character moving forward in the game what kind of decisions is he going to make now that he's a gunslinger versus a a sword master or whatever the the case may be right it's 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 really hard it's really hard to to do that especially nowadays because i feel like there are a lot of games nowadays when i look at the systems and i'm not talking about indie games i'm talking about the main street stream ttrpgs mm-hmm. that are that kind of skew into this kind of video game like area i think D kind of does that and i think one yeah. of the biggest problems with that is you detach from the role playing a little bit because there's just so much into like perks and cantrips and abilities and stuff and i like a good ability i like a good perk 
But at the same time, if you have too many of them, it feels like you're spamming a button. And suddenly, I'm not trying to pretend to be my character. I'm trying to get to the next level. And that that almost is counterintuitive. I think there's a weird... Like, I think there's a... Uh, uh, I, I'm not smart enough to make it, but I think that there is a definite like correlation and a parallel with today's TTRPG uh, systems and video game logic and how you present them. And I think the downside of that is it puts a player in a certain mindset. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I, oh, I do. I do. Um, I, we're on a digression. We have not talked about this game nearly enough, but... Uh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> we're fully off the subject, but like, it's one of the things that like when I listen to, to actual plays, no offense to D&D guys out there if you're listening, because uh, everybody knows I'm not a huge D and D person, but one of the reasons I and I am the D and D person. Yes, D and D is represented. Yeah, D and D is represented. I do. I do like D and D. I like Five E. I got my. I, I cut my teeth on a D and D. We're not. So. We're not, hey, I played D and D too. I'm not speaking from a place of ignorance, but one so, of yeah. the reasons no, I, know. I tend to avoid listening to D and D actual plays is because I tend to watch the players disengage from their own characters a lot to mm. to do stuff that like, oh, well, I'm going to get this ability that's like, do this. And you're like, well, why would you be able to do that? And, and like, yeah. and like they start to like lose... It, 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 they start to lose their character. I really like good role-playing, I guess. I don't yeah. want you necessarily to be you. I want you to be pretending to be somebody else. Like, that's the point. And, like, like you look at, like, shout-out to my favorite actual play podcast, which is um, Two Monsters Rolling Dice, hands down. Mm -hmm. uh, they dissing, they, they're role-playing the entire time, right? Like, it's yeah. constant role-playing. It's constant character-driven stuff. The system is just something that enhances that and allows you to get to it faster, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's that's something that, like, I, I fear that, like, larger systems have tended to, like, gravitate towards that, that video game. And it's great in video games, but I'm not trying to pretend to be somebody else in a video game, you know? Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. And, and you know, like, like I mean, I do like D&D. Um, one thing I will say, though, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on anything you've said whatsoever. Um, what I would say, like, my biggest... One thing I will consistently say about D&D is that it's often touted um, as the greatest role-playing game ever. It's not. Yeah. Um, there is no... My, my personal philosophy is there's no such thing as the greatest role-playing game ever. Uh, it's up to you as an individual what your play style is. And, and it's, it might be the greatest game for some people, but not the greatest game for others. Yeah. Um, and and people just have different tastes. There's uh, the the Greeks had that uh, saying. There's no no accounting for taste. Yeah, you can't you can't bank on that. Um, well, and um, like TTRPGs is such an interesting medium because really it's a system in a world, right? Like that's like, but at right. its core, is it's a system for for pretend. It's a system for playing pretend. That's what it is. Right. That's what they all are. And like that's awesome. But like that's so much harder to say. This is the greatest game yeah because like like even with like video games or movies you could potentially make an argument for the greatest video game or the greatest movie because it's much more a medium that's just giving you information even with video games which is 
which is something where you interact, which is great. That's something I always say on my video game show. Like, uh, there's there. It's one of the only. It's it's the only art form where you get to interact with the art itself as it's telling you the story. Like you get to decide things in it. Uh, TTRPGs is completely unique in its own way because TTRPGs is literally a series of numbers to aid you in playing pretend. Definitely there's lore in there too. I'm not saying there isn't, but overall that's what you're doing. And that is going to be a different thing for every person who plays it. Like there's no way you could say uh, John and Steve are going to be as into the same system for playing pretend as Becky and Kate over here uh, or Eduardo or Leonardo. I don't know where I'm pulling these names, but like... (laughs) But like you see what I'm saying? Like it could yeah. be it could be anything. So 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 unique, you know? Yeah, it is. But let's talk about the game Oregon's the Darkness. We're only twenty five minutes. I'm excited in. about this game. It is. It's a good game. Um, um so yeah, so you create your character you create your party. You pick four characters. Every every character has a trait, it has got a starting equipment, it's got starting wealth which is your gold piece, and then the life points, which are how much health you have. And that goes up as you level as well. Um, And then basically, excuse me, sorry. Uh, And then basically after you pick the four, and you pick their special abilities, then you head in to the dungeon and start, well, I'm sorry. Then you decide to buy equipment, which is interesting because you have to buy your starting weapons, you have to buy all your starting equipment, so that can be very tricky. Uh, and then once you get those starting equipment, and the equipment's simple. I think it's like 12, 15 selections, very simple equipment, nothing's... It's one thing. I know a lot of you out there are probably thinking, wow, running an entire dungeon for yourself is going to be a lot of number scores and keeping track of things. There's plenty of that. But it's not as bad as you think it is. You've got your characters yeah. on your sheet, and then the combat is insanely easy and quick it's like a d6 you add your level and then that's how many bad guys you kill uh depending on whether you beat their level or not so like if you're fighting goblins and they're level three every three is another goblin you kill so like if you roll a six you kill two goblins for that character you know uh and then they do wounds kind of they attack you uh, basically on their turn based on your armor class. And it's very quick, it's very easy. So you're only only keeping track of your own life points. There are certain boss or big elite baddies that you can come up with that have their own life points, but there's never there's never like three or four of them in a room. You know what I mean? It's always right. like the four of you are taking one on, which is really cool. I also very much love that there is a difference between crushing and slashing weapons. Uh mm. If you'll notice, uh, anybody who's watched Astral Drive and Wizard, this is where I got the blunt slash. I kind of came to the realization that every weapon either either is blunt or cut. It either cuts or smashes. Like every weapon, when you really think about it, even a projectile weapon, it either cuts or it smashes. That's it. Like, I mean, so like... This game has that, and I just I just love that. Like, that's where that idea came from. Like, I, I just read that in this, and I was like, holy shit. Every weapon yeah. crushes or slashes. Every weapon. Um, but yeah, like I said, you then use D6. It's all D6. 
to generate the rooms uh, from place to place. And they have like crudely drawn out rooms and they have them drawn on graphs so you can count them out on your graph paper. So like if it's a corridor, you'll see the squares inside and be able to say, okay, that's, that's six squares long and two squares wide. And then you can see where the doors are on each of the squares that has doors and stuff like that. Uh, and then once, and then you roll for what's in it, whether it be random treasure, random events, random monsters, random quests. You deal with whatever that is, and then you pick another way to go. And you head right. that way, you randomly roll it, all the way till you get to a final boss, which is a big bad baddie that you have to slay. Um, then, to top it all off, to make it even more interesting, once you defeat the final boss, it's not just like good job and <laughs> it's over you have to escape you have to pocket all the stuff that you can pocket and then you have to get out and as you're getting out like every room you go into on the way back you roll a d6 and if you roll a one you get a random encounter so you have to like fight your way out of the dungeon after that and that's that's literally the game guys and then there's just all sorts of stuff from events there's special features. You can find blessed temples or fountains. There's special events where you can find the wandering monsters. You can find random ladies that'll talk to you. You can meet wandering alchemists. Uh, I'm, I, all of these are coming off the things. I'm scrolling through it on a PDF next to it. Uh, you can ra find random treasure, random magic items, vermin, monsters, minions, bosses. It's... It's all good. It's all in there. Those are all just randomly generated, right? Yeah, it's randomly generated. And with the amount of like stuff that goes into it, you'll meet the same things. You'll never meet them in the same order. And because of that, you can always generate a story based off of it. You know what I mean? It kind of it obviously harkens back to like some of the other solo stuff we've talked about, like T Shop, yeah. where like it you could very easily use this to generate a story for yourself. You know, it's just a much more in-depth system. Yeah, yeah. Um, reading through it, I haven't played it yet. Um, I'm definitely excited to jump into it, reading through it. There's a lot of stuff that I've really liked about the mechanics also. Um, I love... Whew, there's there's a, a number of things. Uh, you hit, hit pretty much all of the, the big points on the mechanics. Um... One thing I liked a lot was how easy it was to just pick this thing up. Like, oh, yeah. I just, I, I could just almost speed read through it. It was so intuitive and clean. I didn't have to go back and reread anything. I didn't get lost in semantics. I didn't get confused anywhere. It just made sense. Yeah, it just goes, it just um, flows. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And then once you get through the chunk of like, and I say chunk, but I mean like, it, it's it's a decently sized uh, a playbook that's easy to get through. Yeah, but also a good portion of it is those those random tables. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't have to go and read all the random tables before I you start. I would advise fact, you don't. It's much yeah. more fun if you don't. Trust me. I when I when I played the first time, so the first game I ever played of it, I played by myself without Stella. Once somebody had loaned it to me, and. Uh, I just played through it as I read it. So, like, I went to character creation. I picked four characters. I, I went to... It is another thing, too, when I write games. I try and write them like this game is put together. Because this game is literally... like So, I try and write it like... 
if you were playing it, like as you read it, would it work? You know what I mean? Or right. would you have to jump around a lot? With this, you could literally just play it as you read it. There's very little jumping around. Every once in a while, you're going to hit something where you're like, what the fuck is that? And then you're going to have to find it later on. But overall, like, oh, I'm at character creation. I make some characters. Okay, time to generate. Okay, start generating. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, like, you don't even have to read the whole book. I would actually advise you don't. I would say just start playing it as you read it, especially with the random stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's so much more fun to like randomly roll and then see, ooh, special event. What the hell is that? And then get to read it, you know, completely fresh while you're in it. It kind of gives you that feeling of like, oh, wow, I've stumbled upon this thing. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I was kind of getting getting out of myself was mm-hmm. that I would basically, I, I read through it and then I sat down. I, when I play it, I'm going to just sit down and basically read through it and go exactly like you, you described, yeah. um, step by step. And it is really intuitive. And that's one of my favorite things when I find that in a game is is it, if they have that intuitive thing that anybody can just pick up. Um, that's one of my, it's, like, it's like a hidden gem, you know, you, yeah. you find that, that game and it's really just fantastic. I've always wanted to play... A, a, a coopetition of this where and and I've never I've never been able to do this but I find somebody else we get a big sheet of graph paper right and then we each make our own party and enter from different places and then just slowly randomly draw on the graph paper till we run into each other and then potentially have to fight each other you know what I mean like I think that would be so much fun uh, I've always wanted to do that with this. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end up doing that on the show, aren't we? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know how we do the graph paper part is the thing. But yeah, maybe, that would be tricky. Maybe. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Doesn't man. it though? <laughs> Doesn't it though? And it's like a race to find the final boss. And if you find the final boss before the other team and get out, you just win. Or if you find the other team, you can kill them. Or if if they get it and they're trying to get out, you could try and get to them. Like, that'd be so much fun. It'd be so much I fun know. to do that. Can you imagine what it'd be like if you got to the final boss, your 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 party just got hammered, and you're trying to make its way out, and then all of a sudden, the other team yeah. <laughs> the other team intercepts. In. Hi, oh. we'll be taking your gold now. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be absolutely great. I think that, and this game, like I said, it's just such a simple concept. It's so easy to add stuff to it. It would be so easy to make those rooms on a spaceship. It'd be so easy to take oh, yeah. to take that random chart and just like, okay, well, instead of rats, it's space goblins. Or instead of this, it's a power supply. Or You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, there's so many things you could do with this. You could do this as an archaeology game, like an Indiana Jones game, if you mm. wanted to. I think that... Yeah. It, and you just change the, the 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 classes and races to professions. I think that this is this is just a really cool base idea all the way around. But we have to complain about it a little bit. Like that's that's our also our job. We have to do nitpicks. That's true. I think we've gone through everything this system is. Unless there's anything else you want to add before we get to it. Just one more thing that I liked yes. about it was I loved how the. Uh, the art and the classic design. Mm. Um, it, it reminded me of just old school classic 
TTRPGs from the 80s. Um, and I, I, I have a soft spot for that. I'm going to actually do something real quick for everybody out there because I rarely get to do this. I'm going to shrink my head for a second, everybody. And then I'm going to add a window so you can see some of the art in this game. Let's just do a window capture. Okay. Yes. All right. And then that's over Wizard's Face, which we didn't want. So, yeah, we'll shrink that down. Uh, so yeah, so you guys can see some of the art as I scroll through it. Uh, so these are the rooms that you can see. Now, Wizard's not going to be able to see these, unfortunately, because of the way we record. But you can see some of the art. He can look at his own. So you can see these are all the rooms that you would pick from. Uh, then you can see some of the really classic art that I'm scrolling through here. I really love that picture of the lady sorceress with the goblins behind her. I think mm. that's phenomenal. Uh, and just, just, this is a very classic D&D art, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's some of the classes. Old you've school, got the TSR hat. all the way. Yes, yes, like OG Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, even to the point where, like, that's how OG Dungeons and Dragons were. Like, races were their own classes. There were no classes versus races. It was, you know, warrior, cleric, rogue, and then you had a bunch of, like, you had elf, dwarf, halfling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just so everybody could see some of the classic style art on it and take a look at it. I think some of this art is really cool. Very classic, yeah. old school stuff. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so there you guys go. You get to see some of the pictures. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's one of the things that we uh, we usually forget to do it on this channel, uh, on, the, on the show, actually. We, we always talk about the systems. We're very into the systems. We never really talk about the presentation. And the presentation for this to be an indie game is really good. Yeah. And and I think presentation, it may not be the game, but I do think it's important. It's very um, important. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's one of the things that, you know, I, uh, I think there was one YouTuber I even saw that uh, when he was first getting into YouTube, uh, into, into TTRPGs, he um, had all he had was the books and he didn't have anybody to play with for the longest time. And all he would do is just look at the pictures and and it's it, there's something extra that just sucks you into this world by, by these images that you, you have here. And the images in this book just bring me back to being a kid and loving yeah. fantasy when I was a child, you know? Yeah, I, I completely concur with that. I, I'm going to for everybody out there, I'm going to turn this off now and make my head big again. Sorry for that. But, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, um, that I'll say, and I'm sure we're eventually going to do a D&T episode, um, but the one thing that, that they 100% did right was the Monstrous Manual. I could read the Monstrous Manual mm. any day. There would be days where I would just, I would just, I'm going to pick a page in the Monstrous Manual and read it just because it was just cool. And the art, so good. Every yeah. monster had a picture so you could see what it looked like. Uh, the Monster's Manual is absolutely... Like, while I don't like D&D, we've been on that subject. I've said that. But the Monster's Manual for, from AD&D, and probably the newer ones are just as good, but was absolutely an accomplishment. Like, I would use the Monster's Manual in other games just to come up with monster ideas because there's just so many in there. 
Uh, yeah. And 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 they give their they give so much more than just their stats. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And and I love the monstrous manual, and that's what it reminded me of. It's just that kind of art. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh, for sure. That presentation was so good. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm glad you brought that up before we got to the extreme nitpickiness. Yes. So let's uh, let's let's uh, start digging into it. Um, sure. What um what what were your first imp- uh, nitpicks? What were the things that you you felt like maybe you could have seen improve your experience with this game? Okay, so um, there's two things that I think one they're both things that would be hard to change, and I understand why they did them in the way they did them, but at the same time they make it difficult in the moment and I wish they would change, but I understand if they never do. Does that make sense? It's a long-winded disclaimer, but uh, I'm a walking disclaimer, so everybody's got to get used to that. Uh, (laughs) The first and foremost, the biggest thing that always irritated me was the way you use the dice to generate the runes was very hard for me to understand at first because, so... For everybody out there, you would roll. <clears throat> you roll a d6 to determine uh, which entrance you have, uh, and then you roll like whether or not it's a corridor. No, wait. I can't remember. Hold on. Let me go entrance rooms. I don't want that. Uh, entrance. I can't remember. But like, yeah. you would roll two d6s. One dice, like, you'd use D6s like percentile dice for a lot of it. Mm. And that was hard for me to wrap my head around so much. Uh, so, like, like room 1-1 one, one is you rolled a 1 and a 1 together. You know what I mean? Like, or something yeah. like that. And um, that was just, that was really hard for me to, like, wrap my head around, you know, the t- the, the one... One 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 two uh, one one to one six. Like there was eleven to sixteen, then there was twenty one to twenty six, then there was thirty. You see what I'm saying? And it was yeah, just yeah. very hard to wrap my head around. And and when I was first playing, it was the only thing that like I had to reread it like three times because I'm like, wait, why? How would you ever get a twenty three on two d six? I don't I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. it, it just if you're a if you're a long time game player it's not the way anybody has ever used dice before in my opinion so yeah. it was i don't know and tricky. i i can definitely see what you mean it it was a little convoluted there and it's pretty when you read through it it's pretty obvious as to why they did it yeah they are you the only set of dice you need is d6 yeah and they didn't want to bring in a percentile die yeah. Or do any other version of that that would have made it a little bit more... That would have made it simpler. Well, and that's um, exactly why I disclaimered it. Because I could see why they did it. Because they didn't want a different dice. But at the same time, it was like, hey, chihuahua. Yeah. Like, this is hard to hard to wrap my head around, I guess. You know? Yeah. Um, I can definitely see that. I can even think of a couple of different ways that maybe I would have done it a little bit differently. Yeah. Like... Um, rolling a d6 to determine which six um not rooms you you rolled on but which six room um 
tables you chose first. Right. right. And then from there, that's, you know, six more tables of six, and maybe you, you, know, you just kind of build right. from there. Like, it could be the same way. It's just what, the way they organized it was not the most conducive with understanding it right off the bat. So, like, right, I yeah. feel like I feel like that was a little bit lost. My other thing is kind of the characters. Um, I don't... Number one, I don't like the idea of races being their own characters. Uh, I never have. I never liked that about original Dungeons & Dragons either. Like, you just play a halfling. Like, a ha- like every halfling's the same. Every dwarf's the same. Every elf's the right. same. I don't like that. I, I would much rather have a ton of classes and then a ton of races. And they did this to have mm. parody with that OG D&D feel. Uh, and yeah. I get that, but at the same time, like I want to play a halfling who's a cleric, or I want to play a dwarf who's a cleric. You know, you really can't do that in this game. Uh, there's no way to do that without any sort of homebrewing. That, and I would love a little bit more meat on the traits, abilities bone. I understand they want to keep it simple, but there is like a level of like you have one thing you do with this character, and that is it. And the reason is you're you're monitoring four characters. I understand that. But at the same time, when your barbarian levels up, all they get is an extra health point. Like that's, that's really it. Uh, whereas like there's, so there's no real build system for your characters at all. There's no, there's very little, uh, there's very little reward for the success other than money to get more equipment, but you only have 15, pieces of equipment in the game you know what i mean yeah so like there's magic items that you can find in the dungeon which is nice but like overall you see what i'm saying like there's only Mm -hmm. so much you can do with that whereas i would much rather have a little bit more of a build system a little bit more meat on the character creation bones so that i could get a little bit more attached to my characters i think when you're playing alone you're not role playing so there's no real way to like like, there's, there's obviously story writing that you can do, but there's no real way to get in the moment attached to your characters other than the numbers. I think giving a little bit more numbers to your characters would have actually helped a little bit on that. Uh, I think one of the reasons I didn't play it by myself more than once was because of the fact that, like, okay, they all went up by one health point. Like, yippy-skippy. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. there's, there, there becomes very little reason for your characters to do what they do. You know, yeah. Especially yeah. if they get out of that dungeon with like fifty gold pieces. Like, okay, I got everything I want. I'm good. I'm retired. You know, right? Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, there's not there's the the lack of modding um, does co- and yeah, the lack of like that kind of goes a little bit into to my nitpick. Also, is like like you were just saying, like, okay, I got fifty gold pieces. I'm going to go and retire. It really, this the one thing about this game, it doesn't give me, like, a lot of context on, you know, like, and maybe maybe I missed it a little bit. I haven't played it yet. Maybe you could correct me on this. Um, outside of the dungeon, you know? Yeah. Like, you, this, this game can continue from dungeon to dungeon. It is set up so you can, yes. you can technically continue on. Yeah. Um, but when you, you leave a dungeon... And it, it has mechanics for you actually wanting to escape a dungeon because one of your characters got turned to stone or somebody got seriously hurt. Where do you go? Yeah. 
Yeah. There's no... You just go and find a healer, but, but there's, there's nothing out there. There's no right. part of the game that gives you that. There, There is no exterior game. It's just the dungeon and the four characters in the dungeon, which I would understand it being simplified. Like, it's all about the dungeon, but still there should be something outside, some sort of random role, some sort of procedural generation. Like, maybe the characters get sick. Maybe they... You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. I would also love some sort of way to build an overarching storyline for my characters. You know, my, my daughter yeah. made me realize it when she was in there kind of like playing around with princesses and stuff. I would love it if once you got out of the dungeon, there was like a, another table that kind of decided how you were connected to this one and how you were connected to the next one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like some sort of like way for like a campaign to be built out of these instead of just hey we're doing dungeons because we want money which is a good reason but at the same time i want a little bit more to it i'd also love it if something kind of like built out of it you know what i mean like maybe that's yeah. the first reason they go in but the second reason is once they're in there they realize that the eye of antioch has fallen into this powerful necromancer's hands they gotta go get that you know like i'd yeah. love I'd love some threads, even in the events table or something, that could be long-reaching, further-reaching than the dungeon. It's very made for just the dungeon. Like, that's yeah. it. I would love them to, to make some threads that, like, took us to more dungeons in the future. That gave me... Just give me more reason to play more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't really give you any reason to play past that first dungeon other than you want to play another dungeon. You know, and like at that point, okay, but I'm going to get bored of it eventually. I, they don't give you that like next reason, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that that was kind of my biggest uh, nitpick personally on that. Um, and I will say, you know, uh, maybe the game isn't necessarily designed for that. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, I mean, these are, are we're calling these nitpicks for a yes. reason. Yeah. It's still a great game. It's still a yeah. Um, I mean, in and, our corrections, you know, though, in, in our defense, our corrections are like what, like an extra ten pages tops, you know? So yeah. like, in fairness, yeah. it's a relatively easy ad. But I mean, I would even like want to homebrew my own like um, exterior world random generator uh, yep. table, um, yep. just just for the fun of it, and 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 slice it together there. Yeah. Um, and, and and because you know, I, I kind of am craving that little aspect of it yep. for this game because yeah. so much of this game is so much fun, but there's not context. Right. Um, right. And I I miss that context a bit. Um, well, I will say like, I would hands down say that this is almost a quintessential dungeon scroll. Yeah. Game. yeah. You know, if I if anybody was like, well, what is that? I'd point them to this game. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, if you want to know what a dungeon crawl is, this is the game to, to find out without a doubt. I, I do, I do want to say though, I, at the end of the day, I'm a role playing player. I'm a heavy role play player. This doesn't have any of that. That was the one downside right. to it. There's no, even in the story, there's no, like you're just in there and then you're out of there and there's no, yeah, like, like every, there's nothing in between to like tie it together. 
Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so that that is my biggest downside. But uh, but yeah, I I think if this if you're a person out there, if there's somebody out there who's like, well, what's a dungeon crawl? Uh, go play Four Against the Darkness. That's a dungeon crawl. In in, in period. It is exactly what it is like. And if you like that part of D and D, play this game. You'll enjoy this game. Oh yeah, like one hundred percent. And if you don't like this that part of D and D, play this game because yeah. it's different enough. Yeah, that's um, true. That's to true. give you to, to 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 sort of scratch the uh to to give you something different, but it also gives you what you like about that mm-hmm. part. Uh, if you're the type that likes dungeon crawls, yeah. it's it's really unique and it's kind of uh clever in in that way. Um, it's a fun game. It's a uh, I'm I'm looking forward so much to to sitting down this weekend yeah. this afternoon spending like like a bit of time to go through it. and one thing on this mechanic that that was that I thought was real smart it was just one line in there um, there's a couple of different ways to get to the to the boss to mm-hmm. get to get to the final room one of them was you set a time limit yep yeah and I was like oh man that is clever That's because cool. I don't always have time to. Yeah. To you know, devote you know consecutive hours to every game I want to play, but I can get this game in in like an hour, yeah. one hour. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Well, when we play, when I played with my daughter, I had one campaign that took a one dungeon that was like a whole page. It was just this huge scrolling page. I was running out of like like walls, and uh, it took like two, three hours to get through. And then we had another one that was five rooms. Five rooms, we ran into the final boss, and that was that. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really cool in that way that it you could definitely put a time limit on it and just be like forty five minutes, final boss will appear. You know, yeah, uh, it's very easy to play it that way. But uh, yeah, I think I think we're all done with this. I think all that's left is for you to choose our next topic. Okay, um, next next uh, topic, next game. I actually have one. Um, I've been looking at for quite some time. Okay. Uh, I just purchased it today. So this is going to be, I'm going to be going through it, giving it a real deep dive read. Um, and I'd be really interested in, in hearing your thoughts on it too. It's a solo TTRPG game. Obviously, wait, we like those. Yes. We um, uh, 1,000 Years a Vampire. Oh, that sounds fun. Um, that yeah, sounds fun. I'm... I'm really stoked about this one. I've been hearing so much about it, and I think it's going to be right up uh, our alley. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it's got that that. I mean, we're talking about um, role play, emotional. Mm-hmm. Like the last tea shop was a very uh, emotional, role play heavy solo TTRPG. Yeah. That's my understanding that this that's what this game is. Haven't read it yet. Been. I've been had my eye on it. It's been in my shopping cart for freaking ever, and I'm <laughs> I'm just so excited about the chance to you know get down and read it and and you know go over that and get your thoughts on it too. That is awesome. I do want to say we are going to start running out of systems at some point. I think that <laughs> we should unleash the safety on our topics and just start being allowed to pick topics in gaming too if we want. How do you yeah. feel about that? I think that's a fantastic okay. idea. Actually, I was going to bring that up to you. Um, I think that works too for point. having guests on. Yeah, yeah, I would love to have guests. You know, um, this community is so easy to talk to. I've made a lot of 
friends out there in TTRPG uh, the world uh, who are content creators, who are making games. I would love to have interviews on their creative process on here. And I would love to, you know, have a show where we're just, you know, sit down, you and I, and talk about a mechanic that's popular out there. Yes, yes. A trend that is popular outside of mechanics, just, you know, a popular theme that's expressed in a lot of these games or something. My favorite parts of these shows are when we get into the core of what being a role-playing game player is. Uh, yeah, like I, I love that. That's that's my favorite part of the parts of these shows is when we get down to like the, the the like what it means to us, what it is, how it works in, in its core. I, I love talking about that. Like almost the philosophy of game gaming yeah. is is something that I I just love. I I've been a gamer in all forms that I could possibly be a gamer in uh, for forty one years of life. So I just love talking about that. So I'm very excited about that. But next, in two weeks, we will do uh, one thousand years of vampire. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to sign us off, man, we're all done. Okay. Well, um, for everybody watching, everybody who's also listening, um, this has been the the uh, Wizards Respite Sanctorum. Um, we're doing this bi-weekly, so every other week. Uh, drops on Friday, um, and and this is it. We we just nerd out solid about TTRPGs, yes. do a deep dive, go into topics that, you know, I mean, we all do. We're mm-hmm. we're gaming nerds, but we get to really talk about it, and and hopefully everybody out there likes it. Um, Zach, do you have anything you want to plug before we we say say goodnight? Oh God, I can't be a YouTuber anymore. I forgot to do plugs. I gotta smash that like. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can check me out uh, on Old Man Gaming on YouTube. We do both video games and TTRPGs, obviously. Uh, so we do actual plays for the, uh, the the Astral Drive. Wizard is involved in, I think, all of them at this particular moment. We also do a TMNT and other Strangeless actual play, which is one of my favorite things to do in a month, period. Uh, and then, then we also do all of Wizard's wonderful video content. You should check out Wizard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug Wizard. You should check out him. I'm sure he's going to plug himself, but check out his fucking thing. It's great. Um, and then we also do video gaming, on my channel as well. Uh, reviews, podcasts, Let's Plays, stuff like that. And then if you want to buy the games that I create, uh, check out um, uh, Axiom Games LLC. Right now we have two games on Drive Through Games, uh, and we are looking to release a new one on itch.io uh, sometime in the near future called Single Mod, which is going to be a base system for all of your play needs from here on out a 30 page simple but complicated system so check those out awesome yeah and thank you for that 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 shout out to the wizards respite um yeah that's that's gonna be my plug for the night it's the wizards respite.com uh basically i just deep dive into all things ttrpg if you like what we're doing here that's basically more of what i do on the website all of these shows are also going to be on the Wizards Respite, so you'll be able to see everything collected um, that that we're doing together and that Zach's doing. Uh, we also have some um, um, 
campaign report style um, yes. shows up there as well. Uh, so so based more more tabletop role playing game nerdness that that you can sink your teeth in. Yeah, anything you watch that comes out on my channel, please go to wizardrespite.com and watch it there. We both get to view that way. Uh, yeah. So it's nice. Synergy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, if we're streaming something, by all means, come to my channel to interact with us. But if you're watching it afterwards or you're watching it a pre-recorded thing, please just watch it on wizardsrespite.com. We both get reviews that way. He needed a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. I needed yeah. to do more TTRPG stuff. That's how this happened. It's the best part I, of I, having a YouTube channel is all the weird international connections that I have made in the last like five years of my life. It's it's crazy. Uh, but this yeah. is one of my favorites. So been a lot of fun and yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm very glad that that Zach came in and was like, hey, I got this YouTube channel because I don't know how to do the YouTube channel. <laughs> I was so afraid that you would think I was trying to horn in on on your your website when I made the pitch to be like, hey, why don't you do all your video content through me and I'll do all the editing and stuff. I was so afraid he's going to be like, he's, gonna, he's thinking I'm trying to ride his coattails or something. I was, oh, I was no, so man. glad. I, that I you really needed, that. The, I needed that help um, on the, the video stuff. Um, I didn't even know where to start, and I still want to do short form videos on various platforms, TikTok, and all of that stuff. But I do. It's hard. Oh, it's I hard, like man. sticking to the keyboard, to be honest with you. But doing this with you makes it take so much pressure off me. I produce that helps so much. I produce at least a day worth of content every week for YouTube. So like every week we have at least one piece of content going on up every day. Like we average seven pieces of content per week. True. And uh, it is not easy, man. <laughs> <And> <laughs> anybody out there who's like, he does all that, this is good? I'm like, no, it's not good. There's, there's definitely <laughs> quantity over quality. Sometimes Wizard will be like, hey, uh, do you think we can make that better? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, I, I just try and get them out the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, I can't even imagine, man. I can't even. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, that's our show. That's what we're doing. 